Welcome to the Genius Alchemist podcast. I'm your host, Sarah McBride, and in today's conversation, I will be speaking to someone who I've known for a very long time. He actually trained me in multiple modalities, and he's an expert in his field, and especially covering narcissistic abuse, emotional trauma, complex PTSD, and is very experienced in the topic that we will be discussing today, which is not everyone that you don't like is a narcissist. To cut a long story short, he completed his first certified NLP practitioner in 1999 and his master practitioner in 2001 with Richard Bandler, who, for those that don't know, is the co-creator of NLP. And in 2004, he started training with the other co-creator of NLP, Dr. John Grinder. Now, as well as a private coach and practice, he also trains people to become certified NLP practitioners and master practitioners and coaches all over the world. And from 2010, as well as running certified trainings in NLP, hypnotherapy and EFT, this is when he started to specialize in helping people with PTSD and situational anxiety due to trauma. His coaching philosophy is very solution focused and he loves coaching people. He loves helping people. He realizes that they can have a better future and that everything is possible. And that's what he dedicates his life to today. And he's developed a range of courses, including NLP, mindfulness-based cognitive techniques, anxiety and anger management to service providers and service users of MIND, a national charity in the UK, which supports individuals with trauma, depression and other mental health issues. He's qualified in a lot more than we can mention today. I've kept it as short as I possibly could because, as I say, he's experience and knowledge in these fields is extensive so let's get to it so in this episode we've got terry mccoy who i'm really excited to bring on because terry is someone i've known for a number of years terry is someone that's mentored me terry is a he actually trained me in nlp hypnotherapy iemt you had a you had a part in the iemt yeah. Um, mindfulness, yeah. And the business. Is Everything. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Loads. So you can imagine Terry's knowledge and depth in, yeah, in, in, in all of these topics. So did, did you do EFT with me? Emotional freedom technique? No. Oh, I just, just thought you. No. That's probably the only one you haven't done. It probably is, yeah. <laughs> So I've known Terry a number of years and this is a this is a huge topic that I feel like is really relevant because of all of the names you see and the naming on social media of narcissists and diagnosing each other as narcissists and generic talk about narcissism and narcissistic abuse and everyone now seems to be in a relationship with a narcissist which obviously can't be true so that was what birthed this podcast of not everybody you don't like is a narcissist and also 
I've had actual experience with a, with an actual narcissist. So, and Terry helped me through that. So, yeah, I want to, I really want to bring Terry on to talk about this topic because I know it can help so many people. And yeah, to, to discern what is a narcissist and what isn't. But, and also how to overcome, you know, techniques and how to overcome narcissistic abuse. But I'm going to first ask you the question, Teddy. How did you get into dealing with narcissism, narcissistic abuse? Um, going back, going back in the, I think it was around 2010, around that way. Right? I used to uh, do a uh, a course for the University of Chester on conflict transformation. Yeah, and. It originally, it was designed for students to come in and work in companies and whatever, and, and it does what it says on the tin, conflict transformation. On a, on a corporate level, but a lot of the feedback I was getting off the students on the issues, because I always like to sort of deal with deal with actual issues that's going on for my students to bring bring a, bring a problem, you know, bring what's going on for you if there's anything going on. And the vast majority of it was, was interpersonal. Mm. Uh, it was it was what wasn't corporate at all. It was you know it might have been corporate bullying, um, but they would also go into into not him. What I found was, um, yeah, working with managers and, and, and we were going into corporate narcissism. We got like so mm-hmm. from conflict management, conflict transformation. I went from from corporate to interpersonal conflict transformation, which brought me into narcissism around the time. That I actually realised that actually I'm in close contact with a narcissist, someone who's well, I didn't know it was a narcissism at the time. Oh, really? No, no. At the time, I was thinking, hang on, this, this, these, these traits that this person's showing, mm. this is a, this is unusual, this is not right, this is not good. Yeah. yeah. And I became, and, and that was it. Then I became very, very curious. Come on, there's got to be something behind this. So it was almost, I don't know what you call it, you know. Uh, synchronicity, whatever it was, as I was looking at not studying narcissism, I was like, oh, 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 right. Okay. Yeah. Wow. You know, usually how it works. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, um, so that along that, you know, and along that, around that time, um, maybe you say about, no, maybe about four or five years later, maybe something like that. So six years ago, if you like, so going back about 11 years, something like that for the conflict transformation. And six years ago, well, you know, um, a guy called Richie Grannon uh, dropped me a, a, a personal message on, on my uh, Facebook because he, he's known me for about 20 years. He knows I'm a coach. He knows that, you know, been been around a bit, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I know um, you've been around a bit older than the two. <laughs> a bit longer than the two. Yeah, well, <laughs> older than the two as well. It's a bridge, so older the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> so um, he said, look, I'm, you know, uh, he's, as, as many people will probably know, uh, he's, he's probably considered one of the well, foremost experts on narcissistic abuse mm. and recovery from. Yeah. yeah. That's the key, recovery from. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he, he, he knew what I did. And as I say, he said, I'm looking for you know, some, some experienced coaches to help me coach you know, the, my clients because I didn't want to, you know, I haven't got the time to coach. I don't want to coach. It's not my thing. I'd rather do, you know, the courses and work with that. I love coaching. I love coaching. Mm. So, yeah, okay, fine. And it turned out um, 
it was just myself and a mate of mine, as you know, Steve De- Steve Hennigan. Oh, yeah. You know, um, we were the only two that sort of said, you know, that sort of made it, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and it's but well, yes, it's six years now. But the last six years, I've been doing most, if not all, of the coaching on all of Richard Grant's courses, you know, mm. um, which, again, you've got a, you know, we've got a whole suite of courses to deal with trauma bond, narcissistic abuse, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's how that's how I got in, got into it, and that's it became sort of my niche, if you like. Yeah. So talking about you being a specialist then, and you're dealing with people firsthand, and you know, even my experience, I, I and I think I've told you this, and it was longer than that. It was longer than that ago when, you know, I was speaking to you about past relationships and. <laughs> And couldn't, you know, at that time. And and I remember you saying to me, that's what we would call gaslighting. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't know. Now, bearing in mind, I was trained, knew what gaslighting was, was self-aware, was coaching myself. And you're in it. And I didn't have a clue. I didn't have a clue that in the past... I was in, I thought it was a not a very nice person that I was in a relationship with, but I didn't actually realise it was narcissistic abuse. And I'd never fully recovered until you pointed it out to me about being gaslighted. And then I'd had a pattern then of not even realising that I was being gaslighted. So somebody self-aware doesn't even know that they're being gaslighted because I remember you used you used an um, analogy and you said it's like the frog in the pan and the oh, boil the water and you put if, a frog if in you, if you put it on a low light. If you put yeah. it on a low light. Yeah. Now, we don't overcook the frog. So yeah, no. You, to, you know, it would be tough. So you put it on a low light. Uh, it's, it's, it's a thought experiment, this, by the way. Don't, to my knowledge, no one's ever boiled the frog. Yeah, well, exactly. Don't don't be saying that to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't don't try this at home, folks. Yeah, exactly. But it, uh, if you if you place a frog in in cold water in a pan, right, and you put it on a low light, yeah, it's a cooking lesson, or what? Um, <laughs> a little bit of sage, a little bit of garlic. <laughs> um, if it's if it's if it's done that incrementally. The, the frog will boil to death before it realizes that some, there's something wrong before it's important, you know. You know, um habit, you know, habits are the same thing. You know, we we, we can all, you know, I think we can all um find examples of things that habitual things we go and before we know it, we sort of like the, the the third cigarette before you realize you've had a cigarette. Yeah. Or the fourth packet of crisp before you decide, well, hang on, don't, you know, I can't even remember eating you know, it's yeah, there but- before you know it. Yeah, and the most important thing you said to me on that was if it was a frog put into a boiling pan of water, it'd jump out. Yeah. So if you were in that relationship and at the beginning those patterns and behaviours were displayed, you'd have jumped out. But over a period of time, like the frog over a period of time boiling, then that is you not knowing what's happening and this habit, behaviours. And that's exactly... What happened to me? And I was a, I was a lot younger. I was only in me, you know, early twenties, so I didn't even understand at that. I only got them, wasn't it? Well, you know, twenty odd years. <laughs> so, so, so I didn't know. But then I think from that, 
you create it in a kind of relational template of mm. things that are acceptable and that aren't acceptable. And, you, and you've got nothing to measure it by. And especially if you didn't have healthy role models growing up, which I clearly didn't. So because of that, I was not in toxic relationships like that initial one, but I was in relationships where gaslighting would occur. And it was you that pointed it out to me. So I found that interesting. And is that something you find with clients where they kind of, you know, it's people have a, a, an expectation of the types of people that end up in a relationship with a narcissist, basically. Yeah, you can you can see that there's a pattern. You know, it, it's not not you know as I say, not every single person who's been through a dysfun you know had a dysfunctional upbringing ends up with a narcissist or whatever you want to call yeah. it. Not everyone who's been in a, in a dysfunctional uh, um, brought up in a dysfunctional family becomes a narcissist. But the the key indicators and yeah. what I've found in my experience is. Uh, people, people who have been in, in, uh, brought up in a dysfunctional family, like for instance, alcoholics or sort of addicts or whatever, they, they could actually turn into, you know, turn, end up having narcissistic tendencies. Mm. Actual narcissistic personality disorder is quite, quite rare. It's mm. from from what the research uh, offers. Uh, you're talking maybe one percent, some five percent of the, of the a, a very small percentage of the population. You know, well, I'm not being diagnosed. Well, but there's, not, a, there's a lot of people, an awful lot of people, and it seems it seems to be growing because narcissism seems to be the, the flavor of the month or the flavor yeah. of the year, flavor of the yeah. decade, even. Yeah. You know, you know um, yeah, there seems to be a lot of people developing the traits of narcissism. I think it's cultural. So, you know? do you believe that there's what's happening right now is people develop a de collectively are developing more narc traits and tendencies. And that's why everybody's going around and pointing the finger and diagnosing others as narcissists. I think it is a, there's a, it's a major, it's a major factor, should we say, you know, again, not everybody, but it's a major factor, you know, wouldn't cut it with it. You look at social media, mm. you know, um, <laughs> It's it's the narcissist's playground, isn't it? It's yeah. heaven. It's Nirvana. Yeah, everyone. You know? Everyone is a narcissist, apparently. Every yeah, you know. blogs, narcissist and empath. You see those blogs, the narcissist and the empath. And then the amount of people that have said to me, so what it is, is I'm an empath, so I ended up with a narcissist. It's that typical empath yes. narcissist. And I'm like... Where are you getting this information, though? Is this self-diagnosis? Are you diagnosing your partner? What's going on? Yeah. Um, empath. Yeah, everyone, you know, people have an empath, so we're an narcissist, and I've got codependent. You know, it's, it, it is, it's, I mean, well, codependency, is, 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 there's no diagnosis for codependency, mm. unless it's, you know, uh, it's not a DSM, put it that way. Yeah. Um, it, it, and I, I, I keep saying to this to, to my people, my, my people, I was going to tell you for your people, my, my people, my, my tribe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a few coach. Okay. Once, once you start living in the labels, once you get stuck in yeah. saying that this is me and a label, it massively um, constricts your your choice, you like. Mm. Oh, you know, oh, I'm a codependent, so blah, blah, blah. You, does, does this make sense? You know, mm. I, I, 
what I encourage is, look, these are labels. Forget the labels. You've got to ask yourself, okay, what, what am I doing? Mm. Right? You know, if you, if you look at codependency, it's a, it's a class of behaviours, yeah? Like, yeah. for instance, being overly needy, whatever you want to call it, and, you know, or putting your other people first at the total expense of yourself, elements of codependency. These are classes of behaviours that we label codependency. So take, yeah. the, take the codependency label off and go, okay, what are the behaviours that aren't working for me? And what do we need to do? What do we need to do? My two coaching questions are, okay, what, what is it you want to stop doing? Yeah. What is it you want to start doing in order for you to get to where you want to go or live the life that you want? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah perfect yeah. sense. And it, I, it, I prefer it that. It clarifies a lot of things. Yeah, I, I prefer that. I, I don't like labels because it puts people in a box and then people identify with the box and then it's hard for them to leave the box because they're so identified to that box. You just put it a lot clearer, clearer than I just did. <laughs> but but that's what I meant. Yeah. I, had it, a good, it, I had a good mentor. Who was it? Give me his name. <laughs> I'll send you to him. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah, so and that's absolutely right. Yeah, you put yourself in a box and your decisions are made from within that box. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. So just take out the box, pull, pull the box up, pull the box apart. Okay, that's okay. What do we need to do? Right. You know, what and we start by you know taking small steps. Mm. You know, like for instance, codependency. Okay, so what you know, if you would start to look at you know, start to look after yourself, you know, put yourself first. Well, can't do that selfish. But if you were, be one little thing that you could do for yourself. Mm. Well, you know, I might start, you know, I might say start, you know, what are you saying no to? Or what are you saying yes to that you really want to say no to? Yeah. Start there, start there. And those behaviours change that codependent style that you may have. And then that is something that usually is attracted to narcissists. Is that what you would say? Codependents no. and narcissists. They, they tend to attract each other. Okay. If, if, you, think, if you think of it, the, 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 the codependent and the narcissist, they're both narcissistic in their own way mm. because the codependent is like, oh, so I'm getting what I want here, sort of thing, you know. You know, and yeah. so it's validation again. You, know, yeah. you need me, I need you, you know. And yeah. it's when it gets really sort of gnarly and nasty, and mm. at some point, the you know, the, the, the one on the receiving end going, This isn't right, you know. When they when they're realizing that, that actually the water's boiling and I need to get out, you know. So what would you say? Because I know what you, you you just mentioned before about statistics. There's actually not there's a very small percentage of the population that it's smaller than we think, put it that way. Yeah, that are more than you think. Full, full or, or Facebook would have us think. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so so in that case. What are the typical traits of a narcissist who, without without naming any famous people in the population, <laughs> without going well, there, who, what would you say, like, typical traits and behaviours that you would see or past, past archetypes that may have died and passed on that we can name? <laughs> Trump, there's one. He's not passed on. Come on, Teddy. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you've said it now, so okay. Well, so, well he's not going to sue me, is he? 
<laughs> but there's, you know, I mean, if you look at, uh, there, are, there, are, uh, there are lots of people, I mean, okay, I'll, I'll give you the traits and you can, you can say, oh, well, hang on. You know, so if you look at the DSM-5, yeah. you know, there's a, there's a range of traits that, that, that say, okay, if you've got five of these, then you've got MPD. And, you know, again, only as a clinical psychologist or, or at that sort of level can diagnose them, you know, someone with MP, MPD. So yeah. the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the self-diagnosis and the, um, the, the smitten or, or the scorned <laughs> yeah. X. The scorned <laughs> X, everyone. <laughs> oh, sorry, yeah. yeah, it's clinical psychologists, scorned Xs. They're yeah, the scorned Xs. Yeah, they're, they're the, the ones who, who, who can diagnose, right? But uh, an unreasonably high sense of self-importance. Right. Now, this could actually be, yeah, I mean, I find this funny actually because I do look at Facebook and I find myself looking for, you know, when, when you know when uh, you see people who come up all the time and they're full of their own self importance, mm. you can also, you can actually become a day, oh, oh, come on, I've got to see what they've got to say next. <laughs> come on, I've got to, you know. Yeah. Are you I, diagnosing there, Terry, by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I think when, when someone's full of their own self-importance, you can sort of tell, you know, when they're going to share something with you. You know, uh, if I ever hear you say, I'm going to share something with you, I'll never speak to you again. Okay? I might have done that, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> find something else to say. <laughs> it's, I don't, I'm, I don't I'm, think I'm, I have. I'm but you know, but, you can but, use but, but you know, I'm a knock to a degree, so you know, no, we, 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 we all are. Exactly, that's my point. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's a it's a spectrum, right? Yeah, and there's a healthy a level of healthy narcissism. Mm. You can know, have, you know, you go over the other end of the spectrum where you know we you, echoism, which is the 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 the, the uh, codependency to the nth degree. Mm. And, and then, the then thing about the other end. Think about Sorry. people people think about people that have got no self-esteem and whatsoever. I mean, you know, you, you, you think about those and there's no self-importance, everyone else is first. So yeah, I do I do believe we need some degree to have a sense healthy sense of self because well, if, you, if you if you if you notice what we've both been saying, you know, for a while here, right? Self-importance, self-esteem, mm. yeah. Self care, self awareness—it's all the self. Self, yeah. If, if if you can have a healthy health, for want of a better expression, develop a healthy, robust sense of self. I'll use the word robust on purpose. Robust self sense of self. It, it it's it, it goes a long way to warding off or or. Making sure you don't fall into these abusive relationships or helping mm. you know you know let's make it sense yeah one but, of the way one of the ways you can do this and, and for me with the way um, or, or it's certainly a brilliant excellent start is having a real strong sense of your own values yeah. what's important your, your own model model um, philosophy if you want to call it philosophy model, yeah. model philosophy yeah. That's part of, I even teach that. So in my my programme, which is for business, there's an inner work part first. And the first thing we start with is understanding your morals and ethics and mm-hmm. values so you can convert them into a set of healthy boundaries because that's going to form the basis, not just of your life, but then your business as well. 
spot on. Absolutely. There's, and if you transpose that or transfer that to your personal relationships, mm. okay, what what are, what are my values here? What what are my negotiables? What are my non-negotiables? Yeah. What are my um, I sometimes call it desires. Mm. You know, what's the what are, what's the icing on the cake if you like? So a non-negotiable might be, um, well, they've got to be faithful, yeah. trustworthy, whatever it might be. A heart desire might be, well, you know, I, I'd like them to have a sense of humour. Icing on the cake might be, well, he he, he looks like I don't know, he's he's a he was a bit of a hard throw at the moment, didn't we? I don't know. We're just saying Adonis. Yeah, Adonis, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've all got different tastes, haven't we? So let's exactly. just Adonis. Yeah. So, but you, you get me point. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, I mean, having a, having a strong sense of your own values is 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 mission critical as far as I'm concerned. With, you know, it, and it's also so makes it so much easier to set boundaries. Because yeah. you know what, if you if you know what you're tolerating, what what you no longer tolerate, yeah, what you won't tolerate in a relationship, yeah, you can. You, it, it's much easier to say, well, no, sorry, you know, some people call them red flags, you know, mm. you know, um, you can have when people say red flags, there, there'll be red flags that the instant dismissal, if you like, that makes sense. So, for instance, yeah. it could be, you know, infidelity. Like, no, that's a no, no, go. Right. Yeah, but then there's the, there's the because every not everything's black and white, not everything's you know red and white in, in this case. You know, you can have sort of what I call yellow flags. So a yellow flag might be uh, uh, late, turn up late on the date, mm. and then you go, okay, well I did say you know eight o'clock. Then the second time, third time, okay, third time it's a pattern. So you know what yeah. I've got to I've got to address this. Yeah, and it's either, it's red. It, yeah. If it, yeah, if, if they don't change, then it, it's a it's a deal breaker. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah of course. And then not enough talking about green flags, though. So yeah. I see a lot of um. This is something I see a lot. I, this is my opinion, mm-hmm. but I'm going to express it anyway. So I'm seeing a lot of two camps in terms of relationships. So you've got the ones which is talking about twin flames. And it's all, I'm not even going to go into the whole philosophy of it, but basically yeah. a lot of it's toxic from what I say. And I've, I've you know, I've been studying it over 10 years. And Con Yin, Twin Flames. So twin, 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 twin Flames in terms of people say that there's a soul split oh, yeah. into two at the, you know, the age of dawn and then they're brought back together and there's a runner and there's a um, you know there's a dynamic of a runner and there's a dynamic of a chaser and then everyone i know thinks they're in a twin flame dynamic because they've got a toxic partner so they've got someone who's running and they're like oh it's it's my twin flame because he runs and i chase and so you've got them that are pushing that ideal of oh, you've got to just keep up the work and you've got to keep doing the inner work and you've got to keep doing this and that. And then you've got the other complete opposite ends of the spectrum, which is complete, everything's a red flag. You're not allowed to do a thing wrong. You're a narcissist if you've, you know, made one mistake. And, you know, there's barely anything in the middle that's quite healthy. And you put me on to the Gottman, I think it was you, the Gottman Institute, yeah. A while ago, yeah. And and I look at all their stuff and 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 what they talk about. And I've seen a it's lot good of stuff, people, isn't it? 
it's you know, brilliant. Just... And I've seen people reiterating it, and you can tell, you know, they're just regurgitating. They haven't, you know, really embodied the experience element, or they don't know the studies fully, but they repeat some of the stuff and the and the, the words. But I started really getting into the Gottmans and 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 realizing that that's a real healthy middle ground because there's so much pushing of the toxic twin flame situation and then there's so much pushing on the other spectrum of everyone's a narcissist everything's a red flag there's no green flags in the middle you know so I think that's that's an an important point especially and I'm talking from experience because I was I, I had to recover from a real heavy toxic narcissistic relationship as you well know mm-hmm. it was a you know it was a really highly unusual level of violence and coercion and 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 lots of different things that went into it so people that's like the vast majority of the people who i ended up working with exactly and that's the that's the far end of the scale does that make yeah. sense yeah, so then that's my point. So then it's about you've been there, you've been there. We need that middle ground. And that's why I think as well, when you're recovering from narcissistic abuse, there can be a lot of spiritual bypassing as well with, with you know, in uh, of... And I was getting it, well, it's because this, it's because of that. And, you know, re- I'm so glad that I really come into my own innate wisdom and power to feel what I felt was right and what was wrong. And In I other words, you worked it out for yourself. Yeah. I had good coaches, though, that pointed me back to myself, mm-hmm. who pointed me back to my own inner wisdom, my own intuition, that. If, if you see where we're going here as well, we're going back to it again. Values, what's important to you? What, yeah. what, do, you, what do you stand for? Yeah. You know, what, you know, again, we get so much outside. There's, oh, everyone's got an opinion yeah. on how you should be, you know? I mean, I think you might remember when you had, you know, uh, Capuchin. Yeah. Everyone had a everyone had an opinion, didn't they? What you should be doing. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and and those people with the opinion didn't really really, really do it themselves, really. No, everyone really. has opinion on how the business should run, but yeah. but they also this is interesting because this is where values come in. They didn't know what my definition of success was and why I had that business. Yeah. So their definition of success was different from my definition of success. So they like do this, this, and this. And I'm like, that's against my ethics. Yeah. Even just, you know, I won't digress too much, but, you know, I'm vegan. I've been for a number of years, been vegetarian for over 30 years. So my um, food, cafe part in the in in the healing centre, wellness centre was vegan and people were saying to me well you learn more money if you you sell dairy you learn more money if you sell meat you learn more money and i'm like well, you probably would yeah you, 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 you could have got a, a concession from greg's i know well I, th- I think someone told me to sell pies at one point and he was a, a that might have been me yeah apparently a, a parent business consultant and i'm like okay i'm like so this is my passion project because yeah. like, if you remember, I was I was a corporate consultant as well, right. yeah, yeah. and I was doing coaching sessions. That wellness center was my passion project, and it was everything about my life was in there and bringing it to other people and all the the workshops, the you know the trainings that you did there and and everything. So, but then people do this, do that, which was against my values. But luckily, I'm really strong minded in my values, so I didn't waver. 
Mm-hmm. But it is that. It's the same, isn't it? Like we can look at it from relationships. But as you say, you can apply it to business. You can apply it to life. It's it's how you reach your potential in all of those areas, not just one. It, it, yeah. Um, as I say, opinions are like elbows. That's the, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's PC. a PG. That's PC for you, Sir Teddy. <laughs> Everyone's got one. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it goes down to values again. But And again, as we before, because we, we, we get so much outside pressure, influence, peer pressure, you name it. Right? This is the way you should live. If you're in here. Consumer capitalism, consu- you know, consumerism, you know, buy this, buy this. Especially mm. children, you know, kids, you know, kids, you know, we're under pressure all the time, you know, yeah. uh, to be a certain way, to act a certain way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it, it yeah, it, it, it goes back, and I'll go back to this, you know, to bring it back to relationships. You decide what's important to you. Mm. In a relationship, yeah, a great example. You came up with the you know, definition of success. Mm. That's a great example in 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 that you you write the word success down and ask 10, 10, 15 people what it means. There'll be there'll be ten or fifteen different answers. They might yeah. have some overlap, but there'll be ten or different fifteen different answers. You know, yeah. Um, I suspect you, 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 yours is similar similar to mine. As in, you know, it's it's not about the money. Yes. Money's, you know, money's great. Money's a consequence. Like uh, to it, me, money's it's a, a consequence. It's a consequence of, of changing people's lives. Yeah. That's that's yeah. for me. It's not it's not about that being first. Yeah. You know, um, and I know it's become a bit of a cliche. You know, if you do what you love, the money will follow. Yeah. And mo- mo- sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. You know? In my case, thankfully, it does. You know, yeah. I, I, you know, don't think I'll ever be a millionaire, but I don't care. I'm not that bothered. Be quite oh, you never know. You've still got a few years in you, Terry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a few years. <laughs> You'll be yeah. around. You'll be around when you're a hundred, teaching NLP and hypnotherapy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have got a sort of, you know, a, a mental contract. I'm going to be around till about a hundred and eight, and then I'm going to take out a yearly option. <laughs> yeah. That wouldn't surprise me. So under nine, I'll go. Okay, what's going on now? Am I enjoying myself? Yeah, oh, well, I'll crack over and leave. Mm. If not, no. So, but, do you feel? So know what you're doing right now. So, do you feel that you're going to be continuing with this? Is this your passion? Do you think? Because I know, obviously, you're still teaching your NLP. Um and you know hypnotherapy and all of those. So I class you more as a teacher, even though you're saying you're a coach. I know you're a coach, but I do class you as a as a teacher because of what you you're accredited people in. But is this more your passion, the coaching and helping people, like recovering from this kind of, you know, abuse? I'm a bit wary of the word passion. You know, what I will say is I love coaching. I love coaching. I love helping people. Actually, there's another story. There's a story. It's actually the values in that. Um, I love helping people. You know. Um, yeah. It, 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 I know. Again, I know it's become a cliche, but if you won the lottery, would you still do what you're doing, right? And I can honestly say, you know, no sort of. Oh, of course I would. Yeah, I would. 
Oh, definitely. I would. Yeah. I'm, I'm on charge, boy. I'm, I'm <laughs> joking. I'm joking. <laughs> no, but, but I would because I, I, I really do enjoy it. You know, I, you know, I love to see, um, especially with the, especially with this particular sort of subject, because you, you get people who were really in the, really in the depths of mm. despair. They oh, don't. They they don't know their bums from their elbow. Yeah, right? because they've been so brainwashed, so gaslit, yeah. so you know, and their their self image, their self self esteem is on the floor. Yeah, so, and to be able to sort of or to watch them sort of even moving forward, go okay, actually, yeah, I have got a life. In mm-hmm. fact, I, I I often say because um, a lot of people get caught up in the past. They go well, you know, because my mum was this, and my dad was this, and this, and da, 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 you know. I, you know, therefore I can't do this, or this is why I'm like the way I am, right? Yes, it, it's a factor, but it's not the end of the world yet. Yeah, you, they, they've been through an awful lot, terrible times, right? You know, uh, but they've got a future. You've yeah. got a future, right? And that future depends on the decisions that you make on a daily basis from there on, from from today onwards. That makes sense. Perfect, yeah. and. Um... Explain even, even, it well. Oh, good. Okay. Um, and even if, so let's say for instance, um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a, think of an example. You know, let's say so. For, I'll, I'll give you a, 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 a example that just sprung to mind now. It was a lady who was working with in Dubai, and without going into what she's gone through, she'd been through a lot to the point where she couldn't, she wouldn't go out the house. She felt terrible going out the house, right? You know. Um, she was rebuilt her life basically, right? So her, her first step, right? She first, you know, she couldn't get out. Her first step was just going for a cup of coffee on her own mm. to, the, to the equivalent of Costa in Dubai or whatever it was, you know. Right? Yeah. And you know, to, for her to get there and send me a photograph, you know, with a cup yeah. of coffee on her own, that that for her that was a big step. Yeah. Not too big that she couldn't do it, but enough to. Feeling a little bit uncomfortable, yeah, yeah, but still doing anyway. Bring me to an important point as well. Uh, 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 what a, a lot of people prioritize their feeling over the action. So we say, let's use that as an example. Like, I won't, you don't want to go to Costa for a couple. Of, I've never been up the house before. You know, mm-hmm. I haven't been up the house for years. But you know what? I'm going to go to Costa for a couple of coffee on my own. By the way, I'm not a commission from Costa. Just in case I know, you know, yeah, sons, what was going on? <laughs> yeah, Why not Starbucks, Sally? Because <laughs> oh, that's shit. <laughs> oh, can I say that out loud? Sorry. <laughs> oh, yes. Clearly biased. Go on. Other on. coffee shops are available. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Where were we? Oh yeah. <laughs> so you know, I, I want to go to I want to go to the, uh, the the coffee shop, right? Um, this overwhelming, this anxiety, whatever you want to call it, yeah. Mm. When they prioritise that mm. over that, it yeah. keeps them. It, it keeps them. In, it's stuck in one place. However, I mean, both now, anxiety is not lethal. The feeling's not going to kill you. Right? Yeah, you when might we, think in the moment that it is. Absolutely, like, yeah, that's yeah, the yeah, problem. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, that is the problem. When you, when you, because you know you, you feel that you are dying. Yeah, it's the story you tell yourself and then you start spiraling off and then you think you're um, going to have a heart attack. That's right. You don't realise it's just like, yeah. I've I probably mentioned this on one of my courses, so you might, you might, you may or may not remember. Um, 
that, that sense, whatever sensation you call it, anxiety, mm. uh, love, whatever, whatever sensation it is, that, that physical sensation can only last 90 seconds, around about 90 seconds, 120 seconds, something like that, right? And as you, as you probably guess, you know, well, you might say, well, well hang on, I've had an anxiety attack for 15, 20 minutes. You know, what happens, it, it has to be, it, it, it goes about 90 seconds, 120 seconds, something like that. And in order for it to go on, it needs to be re-triggered. Uh, okay. So ching, 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 and so what triggers it? You thought, you know, you thought right? And it, yeah, and you keep doing it. It's like you, it goes into a cache in your brain. Mm. You're like, you know, if you're yeah. going to use the computer now, yeah. And you go, and it, you know, you see something, anxiety producing your brain. Also, oh, we know this. This is where we get anxiety, and we go, boom, 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 boom. yeah, habitual, right? So not to diminish what anybody's been through if they have suffered from abuse, should we say, or yeah. toxicity in the relationship, but just some form of abuse. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's not to diminish those people that have been through that at all by any means. But I think the whole purpose of why we're bringing this up is because it doesn't mean just because you were abused and they were abusive or toxic that they were a narcissist. Mm-hmm. Could be, it could just be plain old, but when I say plain old, they just maybe just cruel people. Yeah, cruel people. Or people damaged people, whatever it might be. Wounded, yeah, I always think just of wounds, wounded hurt people, hurt other people. That's the pattern I've noticed, you know. So it can be, it could be people who've got tendencies to be cruel, as you say. It doesn't mean it's narcissistic, but... I think it's it, but it, it also it, the thing is though if, if we say oh I, he, he was he was a narcissist or she was a narcissist it 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 because I've said this on a number of occasions sometimes it, it also it almost um not dignifies I'm not talking about dignifies the behavior if if, if someone says I'm a narcissist it's almost like a, 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 I've heard some people use it and it's almost like a badge how do you want yeah mm-hmm. I'm, yeah I'm gonna be a narcissist or, you know, if they call someone a narcissist, um, yeah, it's it, it just somehow almost ex- excuses their behaviour. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sense, right. Oh. But if we go back to, okay, forget forget the labels, narcissist, narcissist all, all those things, right? Yeah, you've got to ask yourself, okay, the way I'm being treated, is it the way I want to be treated? Mm. Is it the way you know? Do I deserve to be to you? Do it well, not deserve because you you know. But do it you know? Is, is this a, is this the way a normal functional relationship should go? Now you might say, as we said before, when you're in the boiling water, you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and that's it's that was going to be my my point. Sometimes you might not know. I know I didn't know when I was a lot younger. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. Yeah. I simply didn't know what was what was toxic or. Well, if if this relationship is normal, if this how I should be treated or not, because I didn't have a healthy template. Yeah. The the the, the thing is, um, to go back to my original point is, you got to ask yourself, okay, how, when with this person, when I'm in the relate relationship, this, how does how do I feel? How does he make me feel? How does she make me feel? Right? How do I feel in their their presence? If it's not. You know, if, it, if it's not how you want to feel, it's not, you know, when you think to yourself, oh, no, there's something wrong here, then you've got to review it. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, you say, well, then, 
whether it's narcissism, whether it's whether it's just plain cruel, you know, it, it's cruelty, it's whatever it might be. It, it, the, the label, to a degree, one, you know, apart from helping you understand what's going on, after that, it's down to okay, what do we need to do now? Yeah. To 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 move on, to get out of it, to 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 thrive, if you want, you know. And what are them steps? Like, obviously, you know, you, people should seek one-to-one help, in my opinion, you know, because I know I've been through it, so I'm speaking from experience. So, yeah. you know, and, and I'll put all your details as well in, in here yeah. if people want to reach out. But what could you give people as a quick, almost like a roundup of steps that they could begin to take? First and foremost, whether you do it yourself, whether you do it with someone else, whether you research it on Google, find out, discover, develop your own model philosophy. You, you, you develop your own, find out what's important to you. Not what you think. Now, it is, it is a, a, another point, actually. When I've said, um, talk about values, what I've discovered is with a lot of things, you know, what you find is some people have the values that they think they should have. Oh, I know. If that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Uh, that's one um, of the things I teach on my course. Is this a nice to have? Because you think, oh, it sounds good to have this value. Or do you actually embody and live and breathe this value? Yeah. Um, I'll give you a quick example. Uh, two quick examples. Or, 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 yeah, yeah. Um, one, one, marriages forever. Value, right? That was a value of this person, right? She was in a... a um, <laughs> An abusive relationship, emotionally abusive relationship, right? But the value passed down. Well, when I say, okay, is this your value? Is it, but no, it's parents. Mm. You know, and you've got to again, it's it's look separating now. Okay, okay, that's they were my parents' values. Is, is this value useful for me? Yeah. Useful to me. Well, it, it might marriage a, a good marriage should last forever. You know, but this relationship isn't. Mm. That makes sense. So, yeah, you know, the, the, so. I, I know myself, my values when I was 18, when I was 18, are totally different to the values I've got now. Absolutely. Yeah. Same. Um, I change so, every few years because as you develop and grow. That's right. So, so it, it, it's useful It's useful to, to, to review them every few years. Yeah. So that's yeah. the first step. Understand your yeah. moral philosophy, your values. Yeah. And uh, along with the first step, even before that, it's it, Give yourself a break. Give yourself, you know, show a bit of self-compassion. Mm. That makes sense. You, you know, uh, there's a, there's an awful lot of a couple of cars, an awful lot of guilt and shame. Yeah. Uh, because oh well, you know what? How 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 did I stay there for ten years? How did it, you know? I had that. Yeah. I yeah. I had that. I'd say yeah. safe. And and people, I've had people as well say to me, even recently, wow, I didn't know you were in it that long. You know, like eight years yeah. when I was younger, and I'm, I was like, yeah, I was like nineteen, twenty. But but yeah, it's it, the shame because there's judgments as well associated with it. And you you should have known earlier. You should have got out yeah, earlier. You should exactly. Have but yeah. Again, we <laughs> and the analogy I use, if 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 they understand the analogy, is it, it's like having like it's like playing poker, and you and you you. You're where you're on now with a with a full house, right? A really good hand, you know. And you're looking back at a time five, six years ago when you only had two pair and going, do you know what? 
I should have played this and then. Yeah. Well, you didn't have you didn't have a plowhouse then. Yeah, you didn't have the yeah. tools to deal with that's, that's that. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, we all, all of us, me, you, everyone, we all do as, as strange as it might sound. We all do the best we can, make the best decisions available with our perceived resources, with our perceived choices, with our yeah. perceived yeah, yeah. So yeah, to, to, to guilt and shame to me is particularly useless in that context. Mm. You know, unless you learn from it, unless you go, okay, I know this now. Right. Yeah. No need to feel ashamed because I've learned something. Mm. Right. Guilt, you know, okay, I did some, you know. It, it, I would class it in, in the context of, a, of, a, of an abusive relationship. It's unhealthy guilt because you know it's not your they're not your standards. Yeah, you're feeling guilty all way. Um, but yeah, it's about uh, letting go of that shame, guilt, and all that because that just adds more trouble to the to the pile. If that makes sense. Yeah, you know. Um, well, so give yourself a break. Compassion. So from personal experience, I'd like to add that. I feel like it's really difficult to let go of that without the support of working with someone else. You might be able to do it on your own, but that's that's my opinion based on experience. And as you know, where I am now and all the clients that I work with and how I help them move through similar situations, you know, it, it's yeah. people, they just don't know where to start. So well, I think they're good. They're good starting points, what you've pointed out. Yeah, a, a good therapist or coach or whatever you want to call you know change agent will ask you the questions that you you don't think to ask yourself yeah and the, 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 there's another i think is a really important element when someone asks you the question when it uh, uh, or uh, and provokes a response when you when you actually say it out loud the response out loud it acts as feedback to yourself yeah and you go oh, hold on you know mm. I mean, I'm sure you've done it. No, I've done it. Yeah. I've heard myself say say something out loud. Well, actually, that's not quite. That's not quite. Right. You know. Um, so yeah, yeah, working with someone who you trust, you've got to trust them. Yeah, you got to, and you got to know what they're doing. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Can't no. have just bought them. You, you'd be surprised. No, listen, listen. I know because, as you know, I coach a lot of coaches. So my first thing I'm doing is looking at well. Yeah, you've got life experience, and that's great because that's what's going to help you with your clients. But also, mm -hmm. do you understand frameworks? Do you understand safeguarding? Do you understand how to deal with the psyche? And then I'm looking, well, what are your qualifications? And as you know, I, I, I refer a lot to you to get formal qualifications from someone that's been in the industry a long time. Mm -hmm. You know me. You know who I am. I like I the magic. I like the magic. <laughs> I like the alchemy. I love the intuition, but I also love solid frameworks as well because you're dealing with people's mental emotional well-being so yeah. so yeah. yeah i mean i think it's a it's yeah it's, it's it's a great topic and thank you for exploring it and you know i think we've covered quite a lot but obviously there's more to to go but i think oh, there's a lot a lot more yeah yeah but but you know if anyone wanted to reach out to you, I will put your details on, but what's what's the best way to reach out to you if somebody wants to make contact with you to discuss email. it a deeper? What's email. your email? What's your email? Terry McCoy. Yeah. T-E-R-R-Y-M-C-C-O-Y, just in case you didn't know. <laughs> well, I'm going to put it in the comments so you don't know. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Terry McCoy <laughs> at the nlpworks.com. 
Okay, great. So what I'll do is I'll put links to, to how people can reach you. And, you know, I, I'd like to say as well, yeah, you know, you, you were great at helping me and I think you'd be great at helping others in this area, but also mm -hmm. even the training element, if people want accreditations, like someone that's been doing it for, is it 2004? 2003. 2003. A year. 2003. Yeah, 2003. Yeah. <laughs> 20 years experience. Actually, it, 1999 was the first official NLP practitioner course that I went on. Or even prior to that, mid nineties, it started dabbling. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah. I went fully professional in two thousand three. Yeah, well, pre-professional still counts. It's all experience. It's all experience, yeah. yeah. Over twenty years. Yeah. Well, thanks, Terry. It's been Pleasure. to have you on, and I think yeah, we've we've covered lots of different things today, and um, I'm sure you'll be back on again in the future. Uh, great, I look forward to it. Thank you. Marvelous. Thank you for tuning in to the Genius Alchemist podcast. If this episode has ignited your curiosity or inspired you in some way, then I encourage you to subscribe and share with friends. For those that want to stay in the loop and be the first to know about future episodes, special offers and free resources, make sure to check out the link in the show notes. By joining my mailing list or reaching out through that link, you'll have exclusive access to all the latest updates on ways that you can connect with me. I look forward to sharing more inspiring stories with you all in future episodes.